Today we're going to look at Ezekiel 33, and we read from Ezekiel 3, but we're going to jump over to Ezekiel 33 to talk about uh, what was called a watchman. And uh, we're going to unpack that this morning, but the first thing that I want to talk to you about is uh, a dam. Now, what I'm talking about is not the cuss word or damnation, which, you know, that might be expected from a preacher to talk about hellfire and damnation, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the Percy Priest dam. And there was this old dam up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and it was actually owned by a bunch of rich guys. It was actually purchased by some of the richest men in America. They owned the dam. And in fact, they set up this exclusive South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club. I don't know if it's a wise thing to privately own a dam, but these guys owned it. And as a result, this privately owned dam up in in Pennsylvania fell into disrepair. And so these guys who were very wealthy, they would kind of put a band-aid on the dam. And they rarely used an engineer to help fix the dam. And after years and years and years, it became more and more in disrepair. Then one day in 1889 kind of similar to what happened in 2010 around here, it began to rain. And it began to rain. And it began to rain. And the lake began to rise a foot per hour. And of course that water began to put all kinds of pressure on this old dam that the rich guys owned. And they began to see that this thing wasn't going to hold. So they sent a guy, John Park, to ride to the nearest telegram office and to warn the people. And he made it. And he sent two telegrams to the towns that were beneath the dam, Johnstown. He sent two messages, and the officials of that town didn't warn anybody, it fell on deaf ears. And at 3.10 in the afternoon, the dam broke. 20 million tons of water in a wave 70 feet high traveled some 40 miles carrying houses, trees, railroad cars, slamming into Johnstown, killing 2,200 people in the worst disaster of that day and age. And ultimately, those officials had three warnings that went unheeded. That happened. Think about the idea of a warning. Think about the idea of a messenger that carries that warning. And then think about not heeding that warning. And we like our warnings, don't we? I mean, when the storms come, The first thing that we do is what? We turn on our televisions because we want to know what kind of storm we're dealing with. We have all kinds of warnings in place, don't we? If there's severe weather, we we want to know what the warning is. 
It's a thunderstorm warning. It's a tornado warning. We want the knowledge, don't we? We want to be able to take the precautions. We want to be warned, don't we? I remember years ago when I was living in Jackson, Tennessee, we had a devastating tornado rip through the town. Level the whole south side of town. And that night when the tornado came, guess what? The sirens did not ring. Not one siren. The next night, another storm came through, and guess what? The sirens rang all night long. We want our warnings, don't we? We want our sirens. We want to know when impending doom is coming, don't we? If you look in the news, you can find all kinds of people making economic predictions, right? Hey, next year the recession's coming. I don't know how they figured that out. But we like our forecasting. We like our warnings. Hey, take your money out of the stock market. I'm not really suggesting that because I don't know anything about it. But we want those warnings, don't we? We talk about geopolitical warnings. Hey, there's rumors of war. What's going on in Iran? What's going on in North Korea? What's going on abroad? We want to know if there's some warnings. Remember a couple years ago, they received that warning in Hawaii that a missile was heading their way. Some people were upset when they found out it was a false alarm. And then we also like to know when our health is failing, don't we? A warning. When the doctor tells you, hey, something's not right. We like our warnings and we like them to be true. And when warnings come, let me tell you, they're not always convenient, are they? They're not. In fact, they're usually inconvenient. Because it means, hey, I gotta I gotta start with where I am and I gotta do something and I, I've got other plans. But whatever's coming doesn't regard your plans, does it? A warning also can be very expensive. Just like that dam they should have fixed. They should have spent some money on it, right? It also requires action. But you know what else a warning requires? Faith. To believe that that warning is true. And ultimately, whoever received that call, whoever received that telegram, didn't believe it. And as a result, 2,200 people perished because of a warning that no one believed. It says... Of Noah. By faith, by faith, it took faith for Noah to be warned. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with fear, preparing an ark for the saving of his household. You see, he received that warning, and because he believed it, he responded to it, and his household was saved. Do you think that there's some warnings for us as the people of God today? I think there are. And the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 33 talks about a watchman. And a watchman was a very important person in ancient times. He was a person who watched over the city from the high walls of the city. And he was responsible for the safety and well-being of the inhabitants of that city. You think about today, watchmen would be our policemen. Watchmen would be our 
firemen that if something's happening, they would warn us, hopefully. But a watchman in the old days was a guy that watched over the city, and if he saw someone coming, if he saw an enemy, he would blow the horn and warn the people that something was happening. And in fact, when Ezekiel is talked about the prophet of God, he's likened unto a watchman over the city. Ezekiel 3.16, Now it came to pass, as we read earlier, that I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them a warning from me. Ezekiel was receiving the revelation of God. He was receiving these warnings. And it was his responsibility to tell the people what was happening. How would you feel if someone had a warning and they didn't tell you about it? Probably be pretty angry. The first thing that Ezekiel tells us is, number one, there are watchmen that have been appointed in your life. Look at verses 1 and 2. And again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land, take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. There are watchmen in your life. There are watchmen that you need in your life. Because here's the thing, all of us need counsel. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care how accomplished you are. You need some counsel from other people. In fact, in Proverbs it says it like this, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto the counsel is wise. If you leave it all up to yourself, which I've done many times in my life, guess what? It's the way of the fool. We need counsel in our life. We need advice in our life. We need guardians in our lives. And so God has appointed watchmen in every one of our lives. Someone who's looking out. Someone who's in the wall protecting your house. The first watchman in your life are your parents, right? Parents in your life are your first watchmen. They protect you. They look out for your well-being. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Train up your children in the way, and they will not depart from it in Proverbs twenty two sixteen, Parents are here to protect their children. They're to be watchmen for their children. Why? Because parents know what children go through. That You may not believe it, kids, but your parents have been where you are. And they do know the temptations. And they know what can happen. Also, we need watchmen that are friends. If you have a good friend, if they see something dangerous coming your way, won't a good friend tell you? Won't a good friend guard you? In Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We need friends who will tell us when there's a warning, when there's something that we need to do. Also, it's the job of a minister sometimes to warn. There may be not as many ministers warning people as there used to be, A lot of times, you know, there's a lot of ministers that talk about how you can be 
prosperous. And if you come to learn to be prosperous this morning, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm not very prosperous myself. So I don't know why you would look to my advice for that. But preachers are to warn people of, of things that are dangerous spiritually. The Bible says that preachers are to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. When there's a spiritual calamity coming, ministers are supposed to be courageous enough to tell the church that and the members that. And also, elders in a church are supposed to watch over the church. But the watchman's job is to warn people. And it's that old saying that we sometimes hate the messenger in our lives, don't we? When it's actually the message is for our own good. Because ultimately that message is one of concern, love, and care. And it comes with perspective. You see, the watchman is stationed where? In a place where you're not. He's stationed high up on the wall where he has a perspective where he can see what's coming for whatever reason. And there are people in your lives that have a perspective where they can see something coming. It may be their experience. It may be because they've gone through it and they can see impending doom. How many times have you seen people making the same mistake you made? And you can see the calamity coming. Or maybe you've seen it in someone else's life. I can usually see when trouble's coming. And I know you can too in many instances. But it's about that perspective. Experience. The Scripture can give us that. Discernment can give us that. And the Scripture warns us about all kinds of things. So if you want to know some warnings, then turn to the Scriptures because it will tell you. And when you look at the social ills that are all about us, it's amazing. When you look into the newspapers, when you read the newspapers, when you watch the news and you see all the things that are bad in this world, I guarantee it, you can turn to a page in this book and find the root cause of it. Does the Bible talk about greed? Does the Bible talk about pride? Does the Bible talk about power? Does the Bible talk about speech? It does, doesn't it? Does it talk about the home? All the things that you see in this world that are falling apart. You see warnings in this book right here. You would think that after 2,000 years of having this book that talks about all these things, that people would heed the warnings that are inside of it. But generation after generation comes and we think we can do it better than what we've been warned about. The, re, the watchman's responsibility is warning. It says of Israel's watchmen in Isaiah 56.10 that Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge and they are mute dogs. You see, there was a problem in Israel because the watchmen... The guys that were responsible for warning the people, guess what they were doing? They were sleeping on the job. Or they were mute. They weren't doing their job. You know, the church is to be the watchman 
to tell people the good news of Christ. And if we're silent in telling people what's good and evil, then we're complicit with that evil. Bonhoeffer once said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. If we tolerate evil, then we are evil. If we don't warn people of evil, then we ourselves become evil. Dr. King, in the end, we will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. The watchman has to warn. And it says in Ezekiel 33, guess what? If the watchman doesn't warn, then he is responsible for the blood of the people that are slayed. If you do not give the warning in people's lives that you know and love, then you are responsible for their lives. Isn't the gospel the most precious commodity that there is, the good news of the gospel? And you know it. And the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The hope of the dying world, the light of an evil age, the faith in a cynical age is the truth of God's kingdom and His Son. And ultimately, He gives us a picture of the watchman's heart and of God's heart. Listen to verse 11 of Ezekiel 33. Listen. As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. You know what? God doesn't want anyone to perish in the flood. God doesn't want anyone to perish in their life. God doesn't want anyone to OD on the street or in their bathroom. God doesn't want any child to live without their parents. God doesn't want anyone in this room to live in such a way that curses the people around them. God simply wants us to turn from that sin and live. That's what God desires. And ultimately, that's the heart of the watchman. Is that the watchman warns because he cares. Not because it's convenient. Not because it's popular. Not because it's cool. But because it's true. The Bible says that Brethren, if anyone wonders from the truth, if someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. What a beautiful picture that is. And in our own lives, we look and there's been someone to help us. There's been someone to give us the warning. And so today, I issue the call of the watchman. The watchman who sees what's coming. And ultimately, what it's, what's happened to all of us, me included, is that we fall in sin and rebellion. That for some reason, we get the wild idea that we can do it better than God. Imagine that. That we, His creation, turn to the Creator, God of heaven, and say, no, I got this. When we don't. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the one word missing in the newspapers. It's the one 
word missing in the psychology books, but it's a true thing. Those who break the law of God break themselves. And unfortunately, we see it day in and day out. So today, heed the warning of God. Because ultimately, God wants you to live. He wants you to have eternal life. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward and not willing that anyone should perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. And that's why He's issued His watchmen in this world. That's why He's issued parents. That's why He's issued ministers. That's why He's issued elders. That's why He's issued friends that know the truth to warn and to help and to turn sinners from death. This morning, if you have not heeded the call, the Bible says very specifically that it begins in that faith. Begins in understanding that there is something that we need to be warned of. And ultimately, it's within ourselves. Our selfish lives. And turn from that and turn to the will of God. Repent of sin and confess Jesus to be the Son of God and live under His Lordship. And let Him save you. And be baptized, immersed into His body, the church, and begin that walk. And then, by virtue of being warned yourself, you warn others. You're the watchman. And you have to warn others. If you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you. We're going to sing this next song to encourage you. So if you have any need, won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.